Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Well, good morning. Come on, can we give Jesus some praise on this morning? Yes, yes, we love you, Lord. Hey, I'm so excited for this series, 10. Um, I get the privilege to uh, talk to you today from a subject. A disciple is one that prays continually. And we're coming out of uh, our text is Matthew chapter 28 that we're using for this series. And it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. A disciple is one that prays continually. We know a disciple is one that follows Jesus, and we're saying, hey, I don't want to just be a believer. I want to go deeper in my walk with the Lord to being a disciple, and that is one who prays continually. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful in trouble. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away the second time and prayed, my father. If it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. And the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Come on, read these words with me. Pray. Come on, y'all. It's only two words now. Let's try it again. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I'm going to be honest. I know Pastor Jordan said that I was a prayer warrior, and I do love to pray. I love to pray. I'm always praying for you all, for this church, for our community. But my wife is really the prayer warrior, y'all. 
My wife loves to pray. I'm telling you, that lady, if you need prayer, go to her. I just won't go to her because I just need her to pray for me, not with me, okay? You'll get that later. But anyway, see, uh, my wife, you know, we'd be at the dinner table and she prayed for the meal. And she's still praying. <laughs> and I'm just like, I look up, she's still praying. And I'm just like, lady, just finish so I can eat. <laughs> you know, she's still praying. And I look up again and all, I see eight eyes, all the kids looking at me too. Like, <laughs> is she going to ever shut up? <laughs> I thank God when Jesus said, I'm going to sit down at the right hand of the Father. He knew my wife was going to be praying. It's like, I need to take a seat. No, she loves Jesus. She loves praying. But, you know, she, she lives that life of praying continually. Like praying continually. That's what we need. We need to have a life where we are have, have a consistent prayer life with the Lord. And what does that look like? You know, I kind of think about how throughout the day, all day I'm texting my wife. We're texting each other. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? How's work going? It's going good. Got a meeting today. I'll be praying for you. Praying for you too. Love you. Like, like we're texting throughout the day, right? We're texting. We're constantly in communication with each other via text. But see, some of us are like, like dry texters, right? You know, the dry texting thing where like you text somebody and they hit you back by, you know, a week later. Like really? Come on, man, I text you like last week about this. And sometimes that's how it looked like with God, right? That's how we do God. We, we, we kind of hit God up when we need him. Like every, every, every month, God, I'm talking to y'all, or only on Sundays. Like I talk to God on Sunday. That's my prayer time with God. That's the time I spend with him, right? But God wants us to have a life of consistent prayer where we're always talking to God. Like, that don't mean like I'm on my knees all day just praying, talking to God. No, that, that is not what it means. It means that I'm just talking to God like small talk. Hey, how you doing, God? Love you today. I'm at the light. God, be with me on my journey. God, be with me as I go to work today. Hey, God, thank you just for just delivering me, just for being a good God. You know, just small conversations with God, like continually. Like, it's not like I'm on my knees all day. It's just like I'm having these small conversations with God because we have to make God our first response, not our last resort. Like, God, I need to be able to come to God first because God is the source of all that I need. But oftentimes, we go to the world for the resources where God is the true source to give you what you need. I was doing some research, and I, I pulled up some percentages in the frequency of prayer for men and women, and it says that at least daily, 40% of men, 60% of women pray. Weekly, it's kind of balanced out, 50-50. Monthly, 60% of men, 40% of women Seldom or never, 67% of men, 33% of women. Come on, men. We got to step up our prayer life. 60, I also read this. 61% of those who pray say they, 
pray in their car, which is more than 46% who say they pray in a place of worship. I pray in my car. Love to pray in the car. 87% of those who pray say they received an answer in the last 12 months. God still answered prayers. Amen. Come on. Have God answered any prayers for anybody lately? Oh, one person. Amen. Praise God, brother. He answered some for me, too. Hey, keep praying continually. He go out. Say amen. 70% of praying Americans say they pray to connect with God. 45% say they pray to feel less anxious or depressed. 41% say they pray to find solutions to problems. 36% to feel in control. 29% to be healed from trauma. Americans say prayer has many positive, positive effects on their well-being. 42% report feeling a sense of calm when they pray. 41% are grateful. 24% feels connected. 23% are humble. 18% loving. 17% motivated. 15% inspired. Prayer does work. I was reading, actually, I, I looked up some books on Amazon about prayer and over 80,000 books popped up on prayer. I Googled prayer, and over 2,530 results popped up. So we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> See, we all created to pray. God created us to have communication with him. The Bible said God created man, and he told him, he communicated with him and said, go multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion over the earth. He communicated with man. And we see this also when God, when he had the conversation with Adam. Adam, where art thou? Hey, I'm hiding behind the bush. Why are you hiding? It's that communication that God ha is having with man because God want to have a communication-type relationship with you. Muslims, they say, pray five times a day. The Jews pray three times a day. We see that in the book of Daniel where Daniel talked about praying three times a day. Christians typically pray before they eat or before they go to bed. I'm going to give you something deep here today because I want to dive deep on this. Give you a little theology. Prayer is this. Simply a conversation with God. Yeah, I know that went right over your head. I know it was deep. <laughs> Prayer is simply talking to God. God wants to have a conversation with you. The creator of heaven and earth will love to have a conversation with you. We see Jesus always praying, a man of prayer. He's our perfect example. He prayed alone. He prayed in public. He prayed for healing. He prayed before meals. He had a lifestyle of prayer. I love Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place. See, it's good to have a place where you can pray to God, where you can talk to God without the distractions. 
without the things of the world pulling you, you away from your prayer time with God. Jesus had a place. The Bible actually said that he often went to Gethsemane to pray there. So he had a place where he could go pray alone. He said when he stopped praying, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray. Now, you got to understand that these were, were Jewish men. They knew about prayer. Jewish boys actually learned about prayer at the age of six years old. They knew about the ceremonies. They knew about all of the rituals. So he knew, they knew about prayer. At the age of 10, they learned the Torah. They, I mean, they were able to memorize the first five books of the Bible, y'all. Come on, that's Leviticus. Deuteronomy. Come on, y'all know you never, you skipped right over that. They memorized it. But they were saying, hey, Lord, teach us to pray like that. Because when you pray, it's like you're praying out of connection. You're, you're touching heaven. You're connecting with God. You, you have a relationship with God. Yeah, I know a lot of us saying, hey, I pray. I, I know how to pray. I've been praying all my life. There was this, I got a story about that. There was two friends, right? Two friends, they was cool. One friend was, you know, telling the other friend, hey, man, you don't know, you don't even go to church. You don't know nothing about God. Say, I know God. I talk to God all the time. He said, man, I bet you $10 you can't even say the Lord's Prayer. He said, bet, I can do that. He said, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wait, I pray the Lord my soul he take. His friend looked at him and said, man, that was good, man. I didn't even know you knew the Lord's Prayer. Come on, some of y'all some of y'all ain't got it. Y'all thought that was the Lord's prayer. That wasn't the Lord's prayer, y'all. <laughs> so I wrote this. Some people pray out of habit. Believers pray out of habit, but disciples pray out of connection. And God wants you to get to a place where you're connected in prayer. See, prayer should be a delight, not a duty. I should be excited to go to God. Like, this is my time to fellowship with God. I was talking to a brother, and I, and I asked the brother. We was fellowshipping, and I asked him. I said, hey, what's stopping you from really connecting to God? Like, what, 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 what's, what's on your, 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 your calendar where you're, like, so busy you can't connect with God? He say, I, he say everything. Like, everything is on my calendar except God. Like I have no appointments for God in my schedule. And that's the problem today. And I said this, that prayer is relational. Prayer is relational. It's, it's, it's about having a relationship with God. Jesus addressed them in the Garden of Gethsemane as my father. Oftentimes we hear Jesus, our father. That's that connection, that relationship that he have with God. 
And I'm telling you, if you want a prayer life, you need a relationship with God. That comes through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, no man can come to the Father but by me. In order for you to be able to even enter into that conversation with God, you got to have a relationship with Jesus so that you can have a relationship with God. But the problem is, a lot of times we're talking to a stranger. The reason we don't really feel comfortable about praying is because we don't really know him. I can't teach you how to pray. But what I can tell you is that you need a relationship with God. In a relationship with God, you'll start praying because you'll communicate with him. Acts chapter 17 says this. I love this passage of scripture. Paul was walking through the city. He said, for as I passed by and I beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription. Say to the unknown God. Like you're praying to a God that you don't even know. He say in verse 24, God that made the whole world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth. He don't just dwelleth in the temples made with hands. Like you don't get a relationship with God just by coming to church. God is just not in church on Sunday. God want to have a relationship with you wherever you are. When you're at the light, God want to talk to you. When you're in the shower, God wants to speak to you. Because he cares about you. That's the type of relationship God wants with you. He say, cast all your cares upon me. Why? Because I care for you. God say, whatever that little minute thing that you think is not important, I want to talk to you about that. Because I'm a God that want to have a relationship with you. And verse 27 says that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him. And then they will find him if they seek him. Because God is not far off. We serve a God that is near. That is very close to us. And who wants to be in a relationship with us. It's kind of like the woman at the well. She was at the well, and she was talking to Jesus at the well. And she didn't even know who he was. And Jesus told her, if you knew who I was, you would ask for living water, and I would be able to give you drink. Like, there's no need to to, 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 to know God, of God, and not have a relationship with God so that I can reap the benefits from God. Come on. James 4.8 says this, come close. Come close to God because God want to be close to you. I'm so thankful that I got a God that loved me enough to want to be close to me, to want to be in a relationship with me. The closer you get to God, the more you want to talk to him because you understand and get to know his character. You know, it's kind of like going to Costco. You know, Costco over there, pretty big building. You see it from the street. Man, that's a big building. Then you go over, you drive, get a little closer to the, man, this building is huge, bigger than I thought it was. 
See, but the thing about Costco, you can't get in unless you're a member. You got to have access to get in the building. See, some of us may not have that access to get in the building. The Bible says, Jesus said, I have given you access. We have access to God the Father through Jesus Christ. You want access to God? Get into a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. You know, I gave a, a, a friend of mine my car one day to go to Costco. You know, he didn't look like me. You know, he went in there and he even snuck in, got up in there. Went through there, got the goodies, you know, got all the way to the counter, and, and, and they said, let me see your membership. And he showed them the membership. They said, that ain't you. That's not you. <laughs> he said, that's my, that's my parents. <laughs> that ain't your parents. You don't look nothing like that picture. But, you got, but when, you, when you have access to Costco, see, you see it from the outside, and it's huge, and you're amazed by it. And then when you have access, you get into Costco, and you're like, wow, it's nice in here. Man, they got all these goodies up in here. And then you go and see the samples. Oh, my goodness. Thank God for the samples. I love the samples. I, I go over there, get me a sample, just getting off work. You know, wife told me to stop. I'm hungry. Get me an old sample, you know, eat that sample and go down the aisle and come on back around. <laughs> come on, y'all know y'all do that. <laughs> but you see how good God is when you get close, when you get in there, when you get, you know, in that relationship with him, you say, Glory be to God. God, I didn't know you was this good, Lord. I should have been praying a long time ago. I should have been in a relationship with you because you are a good God. Get close to God because he want to get close to you. What's stopping you from getting close to God? What's the thing in your life that's stopping you today? from getting close to God? What's on your calendar? What's, what have you so booked up that you can't get close to God? God is saying, put me on the appointment. Schedule me in your life every day. Every day I should be the top priority in your life because I want that relationship with you. You know, you got to and sometimes I know we, we don't really know how to pray, like when we, we first start out. But you, it's kind of like having small talk, right? You know how it is when you, 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 know, you have a new a dorm, dorm mate or roommate or, you know, you have like a, a new co-worker that come into your office, you share office, and you're like, how you doing? Good. You know, that just that little small talk. How was your day? It was good. You're not really sharing anything because you don't really feel comfortable. You know, this is a stranger here. But the more you live with this person, the closer you get, you know, and you come to work one day, you say, hey, how was your weekend? Oh, it was good. I had a good weekend. Um, you know, we went fishing this weekend. How was yours? Oh, I had a great weekend. It was awesome. You know, and you constantly building that relationship every day. 
when you come to work. And before long, guess what? You got them on the fishing boat. You got them in church because you build that relationship. And that's how God want to do. God want to have small talk with you until you are able to like really have an hour conversation with God without distraction. Because once you get into that place, it's like, I don't want nothing to distract me from where I am right now. And that's in the presence of God. And that's where God wants each and every one of us to get close and to get in that place where there's no distractions in our lives. I said this, prayer is surrendering to God's will. It's like, God, when I come to you, I come to just to surrender to your will. Prayer is an opportunity for you to release some things in your life to God, some burdens, some cups that you don't want to drink. Jesus said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Let this cup pass from me. I'm telling you, there are some problems that can hit you that'll make you pray. Oh, I know y'all don't understand pain, but there's pain cause you to pray. And there are some pains that can hit you in life to where to make you fall to your knees and say, Lord, help me. But the thing about Jesus is that he had that relationship with God. And you need a relationship so that whenever you do find yourself in those painful moments, dealing with trauma, you got a God that you can run to. Because you're in a relationship with him. So when the problem comes, you got somebody you can go and talk to about that situation. Surrendering it all to God. Surrendering to God is, is simply saying, God, I give you access to my life. I give you access to do whatever it is you want to do in this situation, in my marriage in my career, in my relationship. God, you have access. Take what you need to take. Heal what needs to be healed in my life because you got access because I surrender to your will. Oftentimes, we want our will, but our will is not the best will for our life. God says in 29, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for your life. God said, I have a plan, a perfect plan for your life. But the problem is we try to write our own plans that doesn't line up with his plan. Allow God's plan to work in your life. Give him access today so that he can change things in your life, so that he can move things out of your life. What's in your life that you need to surrender today? What is in your life? I love to say this, that if it wasn't in your life, you'll be better today. And are you willing to give God access to it? God, you can have this, but I, I can't let you get into here. God said, I want access, total access to your life. I said this, believers pray for self, but disciples watch and pray. Jesus told his disciples, watch and pray. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
You know, there's a lot that is going on in our world today. A watchman is someone that watch diligently, like looking. The word actually comes from a that's, it's called a night watchman, somebody who's watching at night. They're not sleep, like Peter was sleep. They was watching because you have to be alert in the night to see the enemy. And I'm telling you, we're living in a dark world now, and the enemy will try anything to get in to destroy our life. That's why you got to watch what you look at. You got to watch the things you hear. You got to watch the people you put in your circle because the enemy is cunning and he want to get in to destroy your life. Watch and pray. See, the problem is we got too many people watching and they're watching and they're fighting a battle from a worldly perspective. See, if we're not careful, we can get caught up into the politics of the world and we can start taking sides on what we think should be right or wrong. But here's what God said. God said, yeah, watch. See the injustice in the world. See the things that's going on in your community. See all the things. But we fight on our knees. He said, watch and pray. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination and high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We fight through prayer. He says, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Girt your loins about with the truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, and above all. Praying. We got to be a church of people, believers that pray first. What, have, what does it look like if we just pray continually? Before I go into that meeting, I pray. Before I have that conversation with my wife, I pray. Before I talk to that person that upset me, I pray. Continually praying before decisions. Watch and pray. Peter says this in 1 Peter 5, 8. He said, be sober-minded, be watchful, because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. This is Peter saying the same thing that Jesus told him. To watch and pray now after Peter didn't take heed and he sinned against God by denying him. Now he's saying, man, he told me to watch and pray. Soon after I denied him. The spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. I'm telling you, you got to watch and pray because your adversary the devil is looking to destroy your life any way he can. Do you have people in your life that are praying for you, that are standing with you. If you really want a strong prayer life, pray for other people. Start praying for You won't get bored if you start praying for others instead of just saying our same selfish prayers for ourselves. But what if I start praying for other people? You'll feel a different energy when you pray, a strength when you pray. 
because you're praying for other people. We can be praying for the Middle East. Praying for the, what happened in Maine. Praying for the hurricane that happened in Mexico. There's a whole lot of stuff we can pray about because there's a lot of stuff going on in our world and a lot of people that needs prayer. Do you have somebody in your life that you can say, I need you to watch and pray with me? A watchman, somebody that can help me see the enemy coming in my life and trying to attack me. You need a spiritual family. It's what we need. I know we talk about connection and we want to connect. Yes, we want to connect, but it's all right to have community, but you need a family. Let's go a little deeper than just saying a community. Let's say, hey, how about a spiritual family? Somebody I can call up at night when I need help. I can go into a community and leave, never look back. But family got that bond. Jesus actually said when they was looking for, uh, they came, told him, hey, your mom and dad, they're out here looking for you, your mother and father. Jesus said he looked around at his disciples and began to point and say, here go my mother and my father, those who do the will of my father. He understood the spiritual family, and we need spiritual family. As I close, I said this. We need people. See, believers are those who pray with you. It's good. Pray for people. It's good. Pray for you. Sorry. The disciples are people that pray with you. You know how we are as believers. We're quick to say, I'm praying for you. And that's all good. Yes. Pray for people. Pray for people. But when the opportunity comes, and somebody's telling me their heart at the job, on campus, they're pouring out their heart, telling me, showing me their pain, let's not be a people that say, I'm going to pray for you. Let's take the opportunity and say, can I pray with you? Can I pray with you right now in this moment? That's ministry. Saying, I want to pray with you through the pain that you're revealing to me. Let's not walk away from people when they're giving us, when they're just laying it out on the platter that they want us to minister to them. Let's not just pray for people. Let's pray with them, wherever we are. Because a family that prays together, come on, somebody. One more time. A family that prays together, we're a family that prays together here. We believe in prayer. So powerful when you got a group of people that prays together. First Saturday prayer. We're in this building. We're praying with each other as well as praying for our church. When they say we have people up here who would love to pray with you, it's what we do. We want to pray with you. The prayer cards that you write, you're not writing them in vain. 
There are actually people praying over those cards. Fervently praying for you and your family. I just give you a glimpse into my life. Put some bullet points up here about prayer. It's kind of how I pray. Adoration and praise. I just praise God as I enter in. Lord, thank you. They that enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you. I praise you, Lord. I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for being King of kings and Lord of lords. I just lift this name on high as I enter into my prayer time with God, just praying for him. Then I go into a prayer petition, and I just begin to ask God to, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Lord, bless my family. Bless my friends. And I began to call them by name. Lord, touch their lives. Heal them. Deliver them. Set them free, Lord. Then I pray intercessory prayer, like praying for my community, praying for the sick, praying for those who are, are lost, just praying for hurting people. Touch them, Lord. Then I go into a prayer of thanksgiving, just thanking God for what he's done in my life. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Thank you for saving me. Lord, thank you for bringing me out of darkness to the marvelous light. Thank you for the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. For without him, Lord, I would be lost. I would not know what to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my home. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my job. It may not be a job that I want, Lord, but I thank you for it anyway, Jesus. Just praying to God. Spending that time with him. Let us not be a people that just pray for self or just pray periodically. Let us be a people that pray continually and build our relationship with God. No dry texting this week. Let's keep that communication going. Amen. Amen. Let us pray.